Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. For new parents, sleep is like unicorn tears. It's a mythical, somewhat tragic reality that you'll just never get enough of it. One organisation that has been helping new mums and dads for 100 years now is Tresillion, Australia's oldest parenting support group. They have a website with online support and advice, plus a support number parents can call to get practical tips from a team of nurse specialists. And now they've released a book called The Tresillion Sleep Book. And here to talk to us about it is Fran Chavas. She's a registered nurse and midwife who specialises in infant mental health. She's also a senior nurse educator at Tresillion. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Tell us a bit about Tresillion because some people might not have heard of it before. Okay, so Tresillion is 100 years old this year. And we were established at the Sydney Town Hall in 1918. Um, Our original name was the Royal Society for the Welfare of Mothers and Babies. So we were originally came into um, existence by the New South Wales government because of the soaring infant mortality rates. At the end of World War I, Many men were killed in in that war. And so we had many widowed women left here at home in Australia with all their children and babies. And they were living in poverty, of course, poor hygiene, poor housing, and not enough food. And so the government had to step in and do something about it. And so Tresillium was formed. And as I said, our name was the Royal Society for the Welfare of Mothers and Babies. The reason our name is Tresillium is because the first place that we were set up in was a house in Petersham, and it was called Tresillion. So it's set up back then, I imagine families had different challenges and some that have probably stayed the same. What does Tresillion do today more than anything else? Today we help parents with just a vast range of difficulties, I guess we would call them, from feeding, sleeping, social-emotional difficulties for both mother and baby and fathers and right through toddler into preschool years. Would most parents know of Tresillion when it comes to sleep and babies? I I know of friends who've done the Tresillion program, whether it's a day program or the week program. Can you talk to me a bit about that part of Tresillion? Well, Tresillion offers a service for the residential program, which is our five-day program. We have our day-stay program, which is you, you come in for a short stay where the nurses work with you just for a short period and and begin to figure out what's happening and if you do need a longer stay they can refer you on. Um, We have our phone line and you know live chat on Facebook. So for our residential stay you need a referral to come to that and the families will come in and um, first of all you'll get a telephone admission and then when you come in for our, our residential stay families will be admitted by the nurses 
but we, we take a, a very wide look at what's going on for the family. We want to know exactly how everything's going. So we don't just say, well, you know, how's your baby sleeping? And, you know, come on in and let's put the baby to bed. Everything that's happening within the family impacts on what's going on for the parents and the baby. You know yourself, if things aren't going well in your life, that it impacts on your sleeping and your eating and your mood. So poor sleeping is a symptom of much more than just you can't sleep. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Fran Chavas. She's a registered nurse and midwife from Tresillian, and Tresillian have just released the Tresillian Sleep Book. Um, so if we could have a, a little look at the book for a moment. Yep. Um, it's for new parents. How do you write a book? <laughs> <laughs> I've often wondered, how do you write a book for... I guess, is it the first year of life? Is that what you're looking at in this book or is it just the first six months? No, this book is from birth to five years preschool. Um, what do you think are the most common myths that we have about sleep when it comes to our children? The most common myth we have is that you can teach a baby to sleep and that babies will sleep through the night very early. <laughs> I like how you looked at what what is very early what do people what have you seen people come to you with what kind of expectations Well some expectations are that babies will sleep through the night as early as 8 weeks all babies will wake up through the night just like all adults wake through the night everybody wakes up through the night as they come through their sleep cycles and if everybody can think about what they do during the night you might wake up look at the clock you might roll over you come up out of a, a your sleep through your sleep stages and you come back up into a what might be called a transitional state and then you go back into your sleep stages again so babies do this too the only difference for them is is that they're developing a capacity to settle themselves and this capacity only comes as their brain develops so that's such a good point isn't it mm. so when we talk when parents think about development uh, they might think of milestones in terms of sitting up smiling, crawling, those sorts of things. But in a context of sleep, it's their capacity increases to self-settle. Exactly. Sleep is a developmental process just as much as walking and talking. So it develops over the first 12 months. So a baby's capacity to sleep through the night gets increases as the baby grows older. And certain things have to happen before self-settling occurs. So uh, this is explained in the book. So this book is focused around what's normal and sleep development and then ways when it gets disrupted, when certain things happen, how you can manage some ways to respond to your baby when they are waking up, when they're waking up too much for you, when, when you're just getting into that state where... I'm just desperate. I don't know how to do this anymore. So you mentioned one of the myths is that a baby can be trained to sleep well. Mm -hmm. Is it about reframing how we look at it? Are you trying to help parents not 
learn how they can support those different stages Absolutely. of Absolutely. That's perfectly correct. What we're doing is supporting a baby through their stages of development. Exactly how you support your baby through each of their normal developmental stages. And I think it's really important to take the pressure off parents and instead of making sleeping through the night a total competition where someone has to win it and get the prize and then everybody else loses it and feels like a loser... (laughs) And that, you know what, if a parent is the loser, guess who's also the loser? The baby. And it's nothing worse than feeling like your baby's a loser. So I think it's really important for us to begin to think about it from the baby's point of view. The baby can't even do this yet, so let's not make it a competition that a baby can't even be a part of yet. What are other myths? I mean, that's one, that we expect babies to be able to sleep through the night from a very early age. Are there any other misconceptions you see in the parents that come to get some help and support? One of the other really common issues, I think, which is really widespread, is that what we always have when parents come in is, here, please fix this baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it, this is, we can't fix this, this baby. And what we always try to help parents understand is that actually you guys are a team. This is about both of you doing something together. And it's really important to always, for parents to think of themselves as a team with their baby. You know, you can't have a parent without a baby and you can't have a baby without a parent. It just doesn't work. So you always have to think of yourselves as a team. And whenever babies are having a problem, so is a parent. And whenever a parent's having a problem, so is the baby. So that's one of the things we attend to pretty quick smart. And once we start getting parents to start thinking in those terms, it begins to become more clear that those are the ways that once we start thinking in it as a team strategies become clearer. So that's what I discuss in the book. You guys are a team. Let's start thinking about this as a team and how we can work with it together. What would your main tips be for new parents who who are trying and struggling to get a handle on sleep? I have seen parents who are extraordinarily sleep deprived Mm. and they've tried a few different things mm-hmm. and they're just really confused. Mm-hmm. They don't know what feels right for them as as parents. They don't know what's the right thing for their baby. They don't know which expert to listen mm-hmm. to. What advice would you give them? One of the things that we see at Tresillian is that most parents come in and they've tried, you know, so many different methods. They've read so much, so they're just overburdened with information. They've tried a hundred different things. And I guess one of the, the the main points of all of this information and trying so many things is that they don't try anything for long enough. And that's the problem. Also, a lot of the information that's out there, and, and I do discuss this in the book, is a lot of it's very old information. Some of the, the cry it out methods and the, and the information about very strict routines Some of this, you know, sort of conditioning types of routines where you train your baby into certain things, these are methods that belong 
you know, 100 years ago. So all of this stuff is floating around out there, getting all muddled up. So what I've tried to write about is the very latest and newest evidence that we have and using the sort of information that's based on what's normal, growth and development of babies, and using attachment theory, which is the predominant theory that's being used now with regard to understanding early brain development for for babies, and what we know about why babies cry and why it's not okay to leave babies to cry, because a crying baby is essentially saying, I need your help, pick me up. I need you to to hold me and cuddle me and soothe me because right now I don't have the capacity to sleep. I need you to help me out and then when I'm ready, put me down and we can try again. Whatever method you try to use to help your baby settle, you need to keep using it until it works for you. Being so tired and so distressed that I think... Parents just forget what's soothing and, you know, what we need is calm, soothing, repetitious movements, if you think about it. That's why sometimes it's better not to pick up and rock but to leave in the bed and to do a very soothing, soothing touch, soothing, very gentle patting because really active Um, soothing is often too stimulating. Mm, Gosh, there's so much in there, but we'll let people buy the book. Uh, Fran, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Fran Chavas. She's a registered nurse and midwife who specialises in infant mental health. She's also a senior nurse educator with Tresillian and worked with them on the book The Tresillian Sleep Book, expert advice on how to help your baby to sleep from Australia's most trusted parent support organisation. And it's out at all good bookstores now. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.